Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Peace and blessings, YouTube. We want to invite you and thank you for watching another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on POET Radio. I am your host, Black Ice. And I'm your host, The Messenger. And we thank you so much for those of you all who have been watching all of our YouTube videos and been leaving comments. We do read all of your comments. We thank you so much. Many of you all have expressed interest in the maps that we have um, detailing the lineage and the history of our people, Israel. And um, definitely um, make sure you get our numbers so that we can get that to you. Today we are dealing with another powerful lesson entitled, My Greatest Enemy is the Inner Me. Again, my greatest enemy is the, the inner, inner me. me. And, you know, it's lessons like these, brothers and sisters, that are really most important when it comes to the great spectrum of things of salvation and, you know, having knowledge is great. Learning as much as you can learn is definitely a great thing to accomplish. But it is the application of those things that we learn that becomes very difficult because the more you get into the Word of God, the harder the devil is going to try to throw you off your square. Yes. I'm going to say that again. The closer you get to God, the more you learn, the more you get into that walk where you're walking towards God and his way, the more the devil is going to try to knock you off of your square. And so we are here to strengthen one another. Yeah. We are here to encourage one another. We are here to learn together and grow together because it is only the word of God, brothers and sisters, that at the end of the day is going to defeat the devil. Does that mean that you're not going to fall? Yes, you're going to fall. We all are going to fall. As the Bible says, we all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all have fallen short of the glory of God, brothers yes. and sisters. So when we look at this thing, and we look at our lives and how we have lived and how we've tried to straighten ourselves out and we've fallen down and we've gotten back up and we've fallen down again and we've gotten back up again. Brothers and sisters, as long as you are alive, you're never going to stop falling down. Mm, say that again. You're never going to stop falling down, brothers and sisters. So again, we've got to ask the Lord for help. We've got to ask him for strength and for that faith and for that hope and for that protection because the devil knows what your weakness is. Mm. And the devil is going to come to you in your, in your weakness and try to tempt you. Yes. I'm speaking from experience, brothers and sisters. So, again, we are not above reproach. At all. We're not here in a judgmental spirit. I don't care how much we know, and I don't care how much we learn, and I don't care what your sin is. Hmm. I got mine, too. Brother Messenger got his, too. Yes. So before we condemn you <clears throat> and your sin, we will condemn ourselves and our own brothers and sisters. And again, the Bible 
is the one who accuses us. Jesus even said, I ain't coming to accuse you. There's only one that accuses you, Moses, even in whom you trust. But it wasn't Moses. It was the words that Moses wrote, brothers and sisters. So we're going to go ahead and get into tonight's lesson. We, um, you know, that, that anointing is there already at the top of the show. But let's go ahead and get into what we believe. And um, we're going to go ahead and get into what we believe. And see if you can do it like that. The way you can look up a little bit. Okay. Uh, we're going to get into what we believe, brothers and sisters, and then uh, we're going to go ahead and get right into our lesson. The Truth Hour Bible class is an online social media Bible-based ministry. We teach the uncut word of God as it is written in the Bible, line upon line and precept upon precept, Isaiah 28 and 10. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus Christ so that through the word of God and the keeping of his commandments, they may receive salvation. Our motto is, if you can't read it, mm. then don't believe it. Here's what we believe. We believe in the name of Jesus. We have no dispute with the use of other names, but prefer to use the English name Jesus because we speak English. We believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. We believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. We believe in the seven feast days of the Lord as listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. We believe that we, the so-called African Americans and those who were spread throughout the world through the transatlantic slave trade, are the true Israelites and all the Lord's Statutes, laws, and commandments apply to us. We believe that we must still keep the law to the best of our abilities. We believe that we must keep the Lord's dietary law, according to Leviticus, the 11th chapter. No pork, no catfish, no shrimp, etc. We believe that both the scripture, the Old Testament, and the testimony, the New Testament, must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be a New Testament Christian or an Old Testament scholar. You must be both. You can find that in Isaiah 8 and 20. We don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service, the Trinity doctrine, the cross, or images, holidays that originate in the worship of other gods, such as Easter and Christmas. There are antichrists according to the Bible. We believe that Salvation through Jesus is for all people, no matter what race, color, or nationality. That can be found in Revelation 7 and 9. That is what we believe here on the Bible Show Truth Hour. Now, brothers and sisters, let's go ahead and get into our lesson. Uh, turn your Bibles to Genesis, the first chapter. In order to understand man, let's go back to the creation of man. Again, it's just like an automobile. It's just like a television. It's just like a cell phone. It has an instruction manual. The creator of it gives you an instruction manual as to what will make this product <clears throat> produce the best of its ability. So let's find out what makes man perform at the best of our ability. And when I say man, I'm talking about man and woman, brothers and sisters. Man is the species, male and female are the gender. So again, 
This lesson is designed to encourage all of us to take a look inside of ourselves. From the creation of man, God had plans for us. If he made us in his image, then he created us with the potential to be God. I'm going to say that again. If he made us in his image, then he created us with the potential to be God. Let's go to Genesis, the first chapter, verses 26 and 27. Go ahead, my brother. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeper thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So God created us in his image and in his likeness, brothers and sisters. So whatever is inside of him or his spirit, brothers and sisters, it is that that he put inside of us that makes us connected to him. Without it, we have no connection to him. With it, we are connected to him, brothers and sisters, but that spirit comes in two forms. It comes in the breath that we breathe out of our nostrils, Mm -hmm. and it also comes in the form and the image of the word of God. Let's go to Genesis, the second chapter. Now, God gives man his first commandment and his first law. He also gives man a choice in the matter. This will be a decisive moment in how man is given the burden of responsibility to keep the law. And it is a responsibility, brothers and sisters, to keep the law. Let's go to Genesis, the second chapter, verses 15 and 16. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Stop right there. The Lord did what to the man? He what? He commanded. He commanded. This is a commandment, brothers and sisters. So when we talk about commandment, we talk about law, the Lord says, I want you to do this. Not matter of fact, not I want you to do, do this. That's law. That's commandment, brothers and sisters. And that's important because even today we go back and we read what the Lord told us to do, and then somebody that Satan sins say, well, you ain't got to do that no more. That's that Old Testament. Mm. Wait a minute, I just read that the Lord told me to do it. Oh, you ain't got to do that no more. Watch those people, brothers and sisters. This is why the world is in the condition that it's in because of the false prophets. Continue reading, Brother Messenger. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Oh, so wait a minute. The same day that you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're going to die that day. Now, for the purpose of setting the record straight, we're going to go to the book of Hosea, the 10th chapter. For the purposes of setting the record straight and to uncover old wives' fables, Let's use this moment in our lesson to learn something on a way to learn something. What was the fruit? What was the fruit that God commanded them to abstain from and to stay away from? Or that tree, I should say, that he commanded them to stay away from. What kind of fruit was that tree bearing? 
Some people say, well, it was the apple. It was a, it was a this. It, no, brothers and sisters, it was not a literal piece of fruit at all. But we're going to find out, according to this Bible, what kind of fruit it was. Let's give you an example. Let's go to Hosea 10 and 13. Ye have plowed wickedness, ye have repeated iniquity. You have wreaked iniquity. Ye have eaten the fruit of lies. Oh, you have eaten the fruit of lies. Let me read that again. Ye have plowed wickedness. Uh-huh. Ye have reaped iniquity. Ye have eaten the fruit of lies. So, brothers and sisters, the fruit that Eve ate and gave to her husband was not an apple or orange or anything like that because that doesn't make one wise. That doesn't open the eyes of someone's understanding. It was the fruit of lies, brothers and sisters, that Eve ate, and then she gave it unto her husband. Read that one more time. Ye have plowed wickedness. Ye have reaped iniquity. Ye have eaten the fruit of lies, because thou didst trust in thy way, and the multitude of thy mighty men. So, brothers and sisters, we just wanted to show you. Stop saying that it was an apple or an orange or some type of literal piece of fruit. No, this is all metaphorically speaking. It was the fruit of lies, okay? So now, Genesis, the third chapter. Let's go there. Mm -hmm. After disobeying. Um, God and the breaking of his commandment, sin entered into the world, and death followed sin. So whenever something sins, something has to die. Genesis 3 and 21. Unto Adam, also to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. Well, wait a minute. When Adam and Eve sinned and their eyes were opened because Satan told them that they were naked, Again, Satan told them that they were naked. Their eyes were open. They sold themselves together fig leaves. Mm -hmm. But God didn't do that. He did something different. He made them coats of skin. Where did he get the coat of skin from? An animal, brothers and sisters. So a life had to be killed when Adam and Eve sinned. So this was actually the first animal sacrifice in the Bible, where God killed an animal, shed the blood. It was the blood that covered the sin. And to Jesus, Yahshua came on the scene. And it was the coats of the skin from this animal that God shed the blood of for that sin in which he clothed them, them with. But it's going to get better. It's going to get interesting. Tonight's lesson is my greatest enemy is the enemy. Stop looking at everybody else. Stop pointing out everybody else's sin. Stop worrying about what people are doing and what people are saying. And you like that old lady looking out the window, but it ain't no window. It's a Facebook page. It's a <laughs> Instagram page. It's a it's a Twitter page. You looking out your Facebook window. Did you see what they did? Did you see what they said? Mind your own business. Work on yourself. We got a lot of growing that we need to do within our own selves, brothers and sisters. So much so, well, we ain't even got time to worry about what nobody else is doing. Let's go to the book of Proverbs. Again, the way we read this book is line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, 
and their little brothers and sisters. So again, the Bible is not meant to be taught just Old Testament alone or Scripture or just New Testament alone or testimony. It's meant to be taught by both. So let's go to, uh, before we go to Proverbs, and I appreciate that, Brother Messenger, for keeping me in check. Uh, I missed a whole oh, bunch of stuff. <laughs> let's go to the book of Revelations, the 13th chapter. Revelations, the 13th chapter. Now, when God created me, you see, brother, like when you ain't here, you see the mistakes I make when you ain't here? Man, I was glad to be back, bro. <laughs> when God created man, it was the beginning of a new world for man. But at the very foundation of that world, man sinned. Man broke the law. And as we explained previously, when sin is committed, blood has to be shed. Jesus knew at that very moment, at the foundation of the world, at the beginning of the creation of man, that he would have to come into the world to be a sacrifice and die for our sins and restore his creation. He knew that. But it, 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 we don't read that in the book of Genesis. We read it in the book of Revelation. That's why you got to go here a little, there a little, brothers and sisters, because the Bible is connected the beginning and the end. Let's read it, though, Revelation 13 and 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The Lamb slain from the foundation of the world? How was he slain? The moment that his creation sinned, he knew that he would have to come into the world and die. Because, again, everybody that came from Adam inherited that same sin. And with that sin, we inherited death. This is why we die today. Mm. Because death followed sin, brothers and sisters. Now, Satan uses the flesh as a weapon against us. I'm going to say that again. Satan uses the flesh as a weapon against us. This flesh is so weak, brothers and sisters. That if we are led by our own flesh, it is easy to give in to lust, physical desires, envy, jealousy, and even anger. Hmm. Once we give in to these things, brothers and sisters, it is not only a danger to others, it is a danger to ourselves and our own salvation. Let's go to Genesis, the fourth chapter, verses 3 through 8. Genesis, the fourth chapter, verses 3 through 8. Come on, my brother. And in process of time, it came to pass. Now, now wait a minute. Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. And in the process of time, it came to pass. Go ahead. It came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. Mm-hmm. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. Now the reason why he didn't have respect to Cain's offering, and I know that you've, you've heard um, this read before, brothers and sisters, but to give you an explanation, the Lord wants the best, okay, of what we have to offer, mm. okay? He wants your first, and he wants your best, brothers and sisters. 
So if you have a lamb, and if that's what you do and that's your field, you got lamb and goats or whatever, you better make sure that lamb and that goat don't have no blemish on it. That is perfect. Has no spot or blemish on it. Don't say, well, I'm going to keep this for myself. I'm going to get a Lord, you know, this one right here limping a little bit, got a little gimp leg. I'm going to offer this one to the Lord. The Lord ain't got no respect for nothing that's not our best, brothers and sisters. And you can apply that today and every day's life, brothers and sisters, when you do something, and you especially that in which you're doing for the Lord, put your best out there, brothers and sisters, because you are a representation of him. Put your best out there. Give your best, brothers and sisters. Give of yourself. That is our reasonable sacrifice to the Lord. Sometimes it's going to cost us money putting forth our best. Sometimes it's going to cost us time putting forth our best. Sometimes it's going to mean that, hey, you ain't going to be in the spotlight this time because you're pushing somebody else out there who got a little bit more resources than what you got who can reach more people. All right? Go ahead and continue, my brother. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So why is sin going to lie at the door if you don't do well? Because if you don't do well, somebody going to point out that you didn't do well. And the first thing you're going to do is get defensive. And then you're going to trade your ego and your pride going to pop up. And then all you're going to do is get out of your body. I'm sorry, y'all, for those who don't know that. That's young folks' terminology. It's <laughs> like you're going to get out of your character. You're saying thing, get out of your body. All right? So you're going to say some things, you know, that's out out of character and might do some things that's out of character. (laughs) That's why they say, uh, you'll um, read that last part again. Sin lieth at the door. Sin lieth at the door. Mm -hmm. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So Cain got so upset that his offering was not accepted. And it wasn't nobody's fault but his own. Look who he takes it out on. Go ahead and read verse 8. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Cain rose up against his brother, and he killed his brother. So, brothers and sisters, all this comes from his own doing, and something that he did himself. But let's look at us and our lives and what happens to us and what we're doing in our lives, brothers and sisters. It's the same, it's the same with us. We cause our own issues. We cause our own problems. And then we get mad when somebody pointed out. Or we get mad when the results from those problems happen. Hmm. And it ain't nobody's fault but our own, brothers and sisters. My greatest enemy is the inner me. My greatest enemy is the inner 
me. Let's go to the book of Proverbs, the sixth chapter. Mm-hmm. Proverbs, the sixth chapter. Now, all of, all the things in man's world that are going on and totally evil, the scripture lists six things that God hates. You may say, surely there are more than six things that God hates. But most things stem from the same source, brothers and sisters. Let's go over God's list. Again, man got a list, but God got a list. Let's go over the six things that God says he hates. And let's see if you or I are guilty of at least one of those things in our lifetime. Before you go judging somebody else. Before you go picking up that stone, because the old saying says people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, because somebody one day might throw a stone back at you and break all that glass in your house. So let's go to Proverbs, the sixth chapter, verses 16 through 19. These are the six things that God hates. Go ahead. These six things do the Lord hate. Yea. Seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue. So let's stop right there. A proud look, brothers and sisters. Sometimes we can get so egotistical, we can get puffed up with our own pride that, I don't want to use the term that we used to use back in the day, but you know what I'm saying? But y'all remember what it is. It's like, you know, hey, I don't want to say it on the show, but. (laughs) Right. You know, yeah, right. Okay, cool. Well, go ahead, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, mm. and heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and run into mischief, mm. a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Wow. Brothers and sisters, we always instigating something. Sometimes it could be at the point where we're just sharing something that somebody said about somebody or taking it to, hey, did you see this? Did you see that? Did you? Not from a standpoint of help me correct this brother or help me correct this sister, but I'm going to show you something that somebody said about you so that you can get upset. And that you can go back and say something about that, but you just instigated. You just got in the middle of something instead of trying to be the peacemaker. It don't take nothing but dropping little seeds. The devil using you. You dropping little seeds. Well, I heard, I heard this, and I heard that. Well, she said this, and she said that. You dropping little seeds. You participating in the drama. Brothers and sisters, we got the, it's just as small as that, something just as small as that. Let's go to the book of Romans, the third chapter. Romans, the third chapter. We are all guilty of one thing or another. This is why we ask you not to follow us, but to follow the word of God that's in us, brothers and sisters. Mm, Say that again. Because when we walk out of the, the way or when we walk off the path, brothers and sisters, don't follow me. If you see me walking off the path, don't follow me. You pull my coattail, and you say, come on, Brother Ice, you know. Get back. 
I need you to get back in line. There's too many people watching you. There's too many people following you. And more important, God is watching you and God is following you. And I got to own up to that. And I got to say, you know what? My bad. My, You know what I'm saying? I don't know what I was thinking. I gave in to the temptation or I gave in to whatever it was. We got to do that for each other, brothers and sisters. And don't be afraid to approach your brother or your sister. <clears throat> because anybody who got friends that are just yes men and yes women, they don't need to be around them anyway. If I'm going to agree with everything that you say and everything that you do, then damn it, there ain't no reason for me to be nowhere involved in your life. Somebody got to hold you accountable for what you do. And let me say this. Talk to him, the Messenger. When your brother, sister, family member, right now. somebody, when they hold you accountable and they pull your coattail and they tell you that you're wrong, receive that. Receive it because it's a blessing in you receiving correction. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that when somebody truly loves you, they're going to tell you that you were wrong in that situation. You understand? And when you realize and you sit back and think, yeah, maybe I, I could have handled that a little different. Maybe just stop and think. If somebody has to correct you or say something to you, then it might be something there. So don't be so quick to, you don't know me. You don't know this. You don't, again, it's a blessing in being able to accept correction. God wants us to be corrected when we go forth because that's how he uses us. You got to yield yourself unto God to be used, and you never know who God is sending to you to test you to see if you're going to yield yourself to him. And my wife tell me all the time, I ain't gonna, you know what I'm saying? She tell me, she tell me all the time, you, you know, I don't know about that, you know. And, you know, with me, it's not that my heart ain't in the right place, you know what I'm saying? But my life is an open book, you know. I record everything, I video everything, you know what I'm saying? I, I just want to leave something behind in this world so that when I'm no longer here, then maybe I can be a blessing to somebody in my life, you know. That's right. But everybody ain't like me. So she'd be like, well, take that video down. Or maybe they didn't want that to be seen. Or maybe they didn't want that to be heard. Or whatever it was. And I got to think about it. It was like, hey, I'm okay with it. But somebody else may not be okay with it. Or maybe I got to ask that person. Or it's it's something small. We got to be able to receive, like Brother Messenger said, correction, brothers and sisters. And not look at it like I'm being attacked. You attacking me because you don't agree with me. You attacking me because you saying that that don't look good or it looks wrong from another perspective. Your perspective is not the only perspective, brothers and sisters. We did Romans 3 and 23, right? No, we didn't. Okay, Romans 3 and 23. Go ahead. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. And all of us have come short of the glory of God. So what does that say about you? And what does that say about us, brothers and sisters, that we are not in any moral position to judge you or anything that you have done? It is the word that we are responsible for sharing with you. And when you read that word, brothers and sisters, let that word be that thing that condemns you. And then you go to your God, and then you ask God for forgiveness. 
And then you ask for forgiveness from those whom your decisions hurt, brothers and sisters. Now, from that point, you might have to do some things to, to, to correct it in the future, to make sure that the person can trust you again, or whatever you have to do, you have to do, brothers and sisters, but that's the start. And we all have been there before, and I'm pretty sure we'll be there again. Let's go to Romans, the seventh chapter. Mm-hmm. Romans, the seventh chapter. Now, we know the word of God, and we know what's right, yet we keep doing wrong. Even the most so-called righteous among us is still guilty of committing one sin or another. Yet that includes pastors, leaders, and teachers. He or she is still a human being. He's still a man. She's still a woman. Let's go to Romans, the 7th chapter, verses 14 through 25. Romans, the 7th chapter, verses 14 through 25. Go ahead, my brother. But we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. Mm. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. So, brothers and sisters, this is so deep, and I love the poetic way that it is written. <laughs> it is so deep, brothers and sisters. But what Paul is actually saying right here is that I know the word of God. It is inside of me, but I'm wrapped in this flesh and blood, sinful tabernacle. Hmm. And everything I want to do that's good, I ain't doing that. And everything I don't want to do that's bad, that's what I find myself doing. And it's not the God in me that's making me do these things that I know I ain't supposed to be doing. It is the sin in me that's making me do the things that I know that I'm not supposed to be doing. So basically, brothers and sisters, we all have a war with our flesh. We have a war within us. It is flesh versus spirit and spirit versus flesh. Whichever one you yield to the most is which one will take heed for that day. That's the one that's going to win. Whichever one you're feeding the most is the one that's going to come out on top. It may not be that way every day, Mm -hmm. but at that moment, at that time, When you get angry and your flesh overpowers your spirit to where you can't forgive right away, where you can't let it go right away, then you know your flesh is winning that battle. Mm -hmm. So it's up to you to figure out how to channel your spirit back on top. You got to be able to, again, we all know that anger is an emotion. You're going to have it. You can't stay angry. You have to find a way to let it go. 
move on, move past it, stop holding on to it. Because, again, those things that have already happened, you can't fix them anyway. It's already done. So no need to hovering over it. You got to move past it and let it go, brothers and sisters. And let me go. Let me let's take a detour, brother. Messenger. Okay, let's go to first Corinthians, the 13th chapter. And I want to show you something because, see, some people say, well, you know, I've forgiven. I've gotten past it. OK, but we still keep talking about it. Oh, come on. Let me address that according to the word of God, because, see, you don't know how Satan works, brothers and sisters. Where you want to go? First Corinthians, the 13th chapter. Let me show you how Satan works. Whatever comes out of your mouth and whatever comes out of your fingertips is coming from your mind. So we can say we've forgiven. We can say we've moved on. And we can say we've gotten past. But if you are still talking about it, hmm. then you have not let it go. Let's show you what the Bible says about First Corinthians, the 13th chapter. 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, and let's start, Brother Messenger, at, mm, let's start at verse 1 and read that. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or or tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and have not charity. I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and not have charity, it profits me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It is not puffed up. Do not behave itself unseemly, seek it not her own. It is not easily provoked, think it no evil. Rejoice it not in iniquity, but rejoice it in the truth. Bear it all things, believe it all things, hope it all things, endure it all things. So we're going to stop right there, Brother Messenger, because I wanted to point out um, a couple of things, and maybe it's just not in this particular um, one, but I, I, wanted to sh- I wanted to show something, and I wanted to read something, and I believe it's just that um, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 and 5. But let me let me just expound on this a little bit. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, and and I'll and I'll and let me just read this to you real right, go real quick. And this is just this is the New International um, Version of the Bible, right? And 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 I wanted to and, and this this we don't normally read other um, versions outside of the King James Version, but I wanted to read this um, to you real quick, brothers and sisters. It says, "It does not dishonor others." We're talking about love right now, or charity. It said, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongdoings. It don't hold a record of wrongdoings. Don't you know record is something that is recorded? You can go back and read it. You can go back and study it. You can go back and talk about it. So when we say that when you have forgiven someone and you have to let it go, that means also not 
talking about it anymore. Because when you talk about it, you are keeping a record of the wrong that the person has done. I'll read that again. 1 Corinthians 13 and 5. This is the New International Version. And I'm only reading this for the purposes of showing you the point that it's making. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Go ahead, Brother Messenger. Now, just going to verse 6. Rejoice it not in iniquity, but rejoice it in truth. Bear it all things, believe it all things, hope it all things, and endure it all things. Brothers and sisters, when you, especially for, for those of us that are married, and, and this is a, a great example because when you are married, you're going to endure all things, you're going to bear all things, you're going to hope for all things because, again, everything that a marriage is dealing with, getting married is easy, but staying married mm-hmm. is hard work. And you have to endure all these different things, different personalities, different emotions, different, like I just said, he this way, he an open book. You know, my, I'm an open book. But our significant others, our wives, they might be closed in. They might, but we have to try to figure that thing out. How are we gonna maneuver and be who we are, but at the same time respect them? At the same time, we got to learn how to endure all things. We cannot continue to hold a record of the wrongs if we're trying to move forward. Mm. Because those wrongs that we continue to hold on to, guess what? You continue to hold on to this in the past. Then that means your focus. It's in the past. Mm-hmm. You can't see the future. Mm-hmm. In order to see your future, you got to leave the past behind. And not only that, Brother Messenger, if you're holding you on, on to you can't it, get nothing. then how can God bless you with something else until you let that go? Yes. That's where trusting God comes into place. Yes. Let's go to First John, the fifth chapter, verses 10. Show me one person on this earth who is without sin, and if someone tells you that they are without sin, then be careful. If they tell you that they are without sin, be careful. First John 1, 5 through 10. First John. First John 1, 5 through 10. This then is the message which we have heard of him. And declared unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and, and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Mm. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. We all, brothers and sisters, we all have something that we need to straighten out in our lives. No one is above reproach. There's a penalty for doing evil, and there's a penalty for also doing good. It's almost like that old saying, 
damn if I do, damn if I don't. Mm. Right? So if that's the case, then we just got to try to do as much good as we can. If there's a penalty either way, then we might as well do what's right. Some have also um, criticized other people, right? So if I'm if I'm positive, then I'm criticized. If I'm negative, then I'm criticized. Either way, you know. So again, when you have an anointing, and when people follow you, and and they listen to you, brothers and sisters, it's not really you. It's the thing that's inside of you that they are attracted to. You know, uh, they they call it a um, we call it a swag on the street. They say, man, you you got swag. You know, it's still an anointing, brothers and sisters. You know, there would be those who will love you, and there would be those who will hate you. Just keep doing the right thing, even if you are crucified for it. First Peter two and twenty. First Peter two and twenty. For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults? Ye shall take it patiently. But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. So when you are doing well and the right thing and you're being criticized for it, and people like who you think you are, accept that, brothers and sisters. That's supposed to come with the territory. The the issue with you is because you're not reading this word of God, you're not expecting the things that you're supposed to get by doing the right thing. Everybody ain't supposed to like you. You're supposed to have haters when you're doing the right thing, (laughs) when you're doing well. If you ain't got haters, then you ain't doing something right. That's what my wife always says. If you ain't got haters... Man, you ain't doing something right. I get worried when my haters start getting real low. You know what I'm saying? Like the video games, we need to replenish. (laughs) You know? Um, Uh, You know, when your haters get low, we start getting worried. Like, man, you know, it's too many people liking me right now. You know? So, again, brothers, Jesus, what you think they're going to feel about you? That's right. Let's go to the book of Proverbs, the 16th chapter. Proverbs, the 16th chapter now. When we allow the inner us to lead us and not the spirit of God, again, when we allow the flesh to lead us and not the spirit of God, we are preparing ourselves to be punished. God will use the righteous and the wicked for his purpose. Now, if if I were you, I would choose to be used for the righteous purpose. But again, either way it go, God going to use you for something. Let it be for his righteous purpose. Proverbs 16, verses 1 through 3. The preparation of the heart and man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the way of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth his spirit. Mm. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Oh, go to verse 5. I'm sorry. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand, though hand joined in hand, he shall not be unpunished. So, brothers and sisters, again, in your own mind, I'm good. 
in your own mind, you know, well, you know, that ain't that ain't the way, you know, everybody don't do things the way you do things or every in your own mind, it's the right thing. In your own mind, oh, he talked about me, I'm gonna talk about him. They said something about me, I'm gonna say something about in your own mind, it's the right thing to do. But don't be worried about what they think. Be worried about what God thinks, because at the end of the day, you ain't going to be standing before them at that judgment seat. You can't use, oh, they made me mad, so I did this. They made me mad, so I said this. They put a gun to your head and make you say those things that you said, make you write those things that you wrote, make you do those things that you did. No, you gave in to the flesh. My greatest enemy is the inner me. Let's go to the book of Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. What is the day of evil and what is that moment, brothers and sisters? When is it? What is the day of evil and when is the day of evil? The day of evil is not only the day when you are faced with a decision to give in to your anger, but it is also the day when the man of sin reveals himself. And those on earth are made to carry a mark showing that they are in alignment with the Antichrist. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verses 10 through 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So, brothers and sisters, it's all about your mind. You know, maybe, maybe um, like my brother Kenneth Jennings, <clears throat> who's paralyzed, um, supposedly from the neck down, although my brother is doing very well. And I'm only using my brother as an example um, of the point that I'm trying to make. Maybe your health is not the best health. Maybe there are some things that you can't do physically that you used to be able to do. But that don't stop this right here, brothers and sisters. Nobody can make anything come out of your mouth that's up here unless you're the one that's doing it. Mm. Nobody can put nothing or write anything on your social media page unless you allow this to make it do it. So again, brothers and sisters, what do we war against? That spiritual wickedness in high places. And if you look at your body from your toes to your top of your head, the highest place on your body is your mind. So when you war against that spiritual wickedness in your high place, then you understand that the devil tries to get in your mind. Don't let him do it, brothers and sisters. No matter what the situation is, no matter how angry we become, sometimes you just got to share your anger and frustration and disillusionment with God and him alone. So when you come out of that conversation, then you can have something positive to say about life and the blessings that God has given us each and every day. We are glad to be alive. 
Absolutely. We're glad to be breathing. We're glad to have uh, food on our table and clothes on our back. Brother Messenger and I, we were down at Tent City this Sunday, passing out blankets to the homeless, passing out toiletries to the homeless. Go on the Truth Hour uh, um, Bible page, Truth Hour um, Bible show page, go look at the video. These are brothers and sisters that don't have food, don't have shelter, don't have clothing, brothers and sisters, and we got something to complain about? Mm. Mm. Don't you know how blessed you really are? No matter what condition you're in, it's always somebody out there worse off than you are. And you are not unique. You are not a unicorn. There is somebody that's going through the same thing that you are going through. They just ain't complaining about it. Instead, they're giving God the glory. That's right. It's somebody that had lost a job before. It's somebody that had been divorced before. It's somebody that had bad health problems. It's somebody that got cancer. It's somebody that got heart failure. It's somebody that's paralyzed. It's somebody, somebody got going on the same things that you got going on. Mm. And they still find a way every day to praise God and say thank you. Let me tell you this story real quick. I just got off the phone with my counselor from when I was in college in Morris Brown. Last year, she was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer and breast cancer. She told me that she went into a a state of just, I'm going to give up. But then as she, as she thought to herself, wait a minute, I can't give up. I got something. I got a purpose. I want to live. She said she went into her prayer closet, and she laid out all of these hundred sheets of doctor's papers that said she only got three months to live. She said she laid on those papers, and she said, God, if it be your will, I accept it. But I ask you, if it's not, I want to live. I got. I still feel I got more time. Take this away from me. Let me tell y'all something right now. She has just done an interview with the Atlanta Falcons, Emory Hospital in Atlanta. No longer has any traces or any sign of cancer at all. Zero. The doctors are wondering. They said, girl, you walking around here like you own the place. She kept her faith, even despite her situation of what she was going through. And that's what ISIS is saying. We cannot look at our situation, but we got to look to God during our situation. Because he said, what, I would not leave you nor forsake you. That's only if we continue to believe while we're going through. Because if we lay down, guess what, we're going to stay down. Right. Dr. Lemon, I love you. Your story is inspirational. Oh, man, it, it, it was just powerful. And I hope that somebody else right now, if you're going through cancer, if you're going through chemo treatment, if you're going through, do not give up. Let God be God and let every man be alive. Sir, brother, see, that's why we miss you here, brother, on the Bible Church. <laughs> Let's go to the book of Psalms, the 73rd chapter, mm-hmm. how do you deal with the greatest enemy that you're ever going to fight? 
And again, my greatest enemy is the enemy. Let God be your strength and you will prevail. Seek refuge in God. Resist the temptation to return evil for evil. Resist the spirit of envy, jealousy, and revenge. With the help of God, you can overcome anything. Psalm 73, verses 23 through 26. Psalm 73, verses 23 through 26. Go ahead, my brother. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holded me by my right hand. Mm. Thou hast guided me with thy counsel, and afterward received me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So, brothers and sisters, let God be the refuge. And again, I know it's hard because we want to deal with somebody we can see. We want to deal with someone whose voice we can hear, but that's where your faith comes in, brothers and sisters. Do you have enough faith to believe in a God that you cannot see, but the evidence of his existence is all around you? Don't you know that you are not supposed to be here? You should have been dead and buried and gone a long time ago, but God, I'll say he saw something in you and in your life, and he said, I'm going to allow you to stay around a little bit longer because I got some work for you to do, and you ain't doing the work mm. that he wants you to do. You keep running from it. Talk to a messenger. <clears throat> when God has an assignment for you, no matter how much you run from that assignment, Job, he's going to continuously put you in places to reveal <clears throat> to you what gift you have. We each are given an authentic gift, and that gift is going to make room for us and bring us before great men. God wants each and every one of us to step into our assignment. Because here's the thing. Some people, it's not even going to know who Jesus is until you tell them. Some people are connected to you. Their salvation is connected to your assignment. Brother Ice and I, we got an assignment. Every Tuesday night, 730, Bible Show Truth Hour, be here. Even when I'm not here, again, this brother, God knows that, my job got me over here, but me and him still communicating. Mm -hmm. He's still getting his word out. Even when I'm not sitting here, he knows I'm in spirit. I'm with you. And I'm talking to him while I'm on the show. Message yes. just share it, share Exactly. <laughs> and, he, and I could be on, on a rest. I could be on a call or something. I, I don't get back to him right away. But, again, he knows as he'll see how many shares. Message in the share it 50 times. <laughs> hey, in my, in my break. I, I got to get it in because there's an assignment. And when you are given an assignment, if you just let God be God and lead you, I guarantee you that you're going to help more people along the way, including yourself. And God is not going to let you rest. No. And he's not going to let you be comfortable. Huh. So you wonder why you're so uncomfortable. You wonder why 
there's so much stress and, and drama and mental torment that you're going through in your life. You can't sleep. You can't sleep. You're always worried. You're always finding something to complain. You wonder why? Because you're running from the assignment that God wants you to do. God ain't going to let you rest. <laughs> he ain't going to let you feel comfortable until you accept the assignment that he has for you. And it, might, and it might not be teaching the word of God. It might not be doing those things. So don't look at what somebody else is doing and say, man, I can't do that. I can't do what you're doing, but there is something that you can do. Mm-hmm. Just do what you can do. That's all God requires of you to do, what is within your means to do, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the 26th chapter. Mm-hmm. Even if the spirit is willing... We know that the flesh is weak. There's a constant war between the two. How can you deny yourself when your body is reacting to the pull of what's pleasing it? Mm. Matthew 26, chapter. Let's start at verse 31, Brother Messenger. Go ahead. Then said Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. Now, let's go down to verses 36 to 39. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and said unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and, two, and, and the two sons, Zebedee, and began to sorrowful and very heavy. Then said unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Carry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. So you mean to tell me, wait a minute, Jesus got weak? Jesus started doubting in his flesh? That he should go through with the assignment that he was born in the world through Mary, through the flesh, to do? If you could let this cup pass me, wait a minute, God. I'm having second thoughts. It's the flesh, brothers and sisters. Mm. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So if Jesus got weak in his flesh, brothers and sisters, he knows how we feel. But look at what he came back and said. Go ahead, my brother. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. So when you get weak in your flesh, can you stop for a moment? Before you do something that you know is above your character to do? And say, well, wait a minute, Father, before I do this, I don't know why you got me in this situation that I'm in. I don't know why, quite why I'm going through everything that I'm going through, but I'm going to have faith in you. I'm going to have faith enough to say that your will be done for me in this situation that I'm in. And I'm going to say thank you in advance because I know whatever it is I'm going through is what you are allowing me to go through in order to get to where you want me to be. Come on. There's a lesson in the going through. Mm-hmm. Let's go to First John, the second chapter. There's a lesson in every blessing, brothers and sisters. First John, the second chapter. 
First John, the second chapter, brothers and sisters. The flesh wants this world, wants what this world has to offer. The cars, hmm. the clothes, the jewelry, the money, the women. The flesh wants all that stuff. This is how Satan turns our flesh into a weapon against us, brothers and sisters. Some say that God loves the world, according to the book of John, the third chapter, verse 16. We here on the Truth Hour teach that that scripture has been misinterpreted because God never loved this world. Let this lesson, let this be a lesson to the prosperity teaching gospel ministers and preachers. Let's see if God loved this world. First John, the second chapter, verses 15 through 17. Love not the world. Well, wait a minute. I thought God loved the world. So why would the, the, the apostle be telling us to do something different from what God is doing? There's something that's not right here. Go ahead. Love not the world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Mm. For all that is in the world... The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Love not the world, brothers and sisters, so why should it matter to me what people think about me when I'm doing the right thing? Why should it matter to me that I got haters that look at me because I'm doing the right thing and I'm successful at doing the right thing and they don't like it? Why should that matter to me? Am I more concerned about the things of this world and what people are thinking that's in this world? Or should I be more concerned about, hey, I might not live another two years. I might not live another week. <laughs> Let me do what I need to do today to leave a mark in this world, to let people know that God lived in me and existed in me. Let me just say this. This is, I, I, I say this all the time. You will never see tomorrow, and you will never see the future. Because if God so graciously lets you live to see tomorrow, it will be today. And when you get to the future, it will be the present. This is why God said in his word, let tomorrow worry about itself. Mm. Deal what you can deal with today because today is all you have. Because, again, if we lay down from after this show. That was deep, brother. You got to say that again. Say that one more time. <laughs> that, that was deep, brother. You no, got to... I, listen. I, I, I'm gonna say Just this the tomorrow today. Tomorrow, tomorrow today. If you get to tomorrow, it will be today. When you get to the future, it will be the present. You only have today. That's all we have. That's why God said in His Word, "Let tomorrow worry about itself." Now. I'm going to break that down a little bit, right? <laughs> so the ancestors used to say that today was built upon yesterday, hmm. and tomorrow is built upon today. I'm going to say it like that, brother, because you I got to go back and watch this video again. We gonna have to, <laughs> you're going to have to break that down for me. Yeah. Let's go ahead to the book of uh, 
Second Corinthians. We got four more places to go, and we out, y'all. Just four more places to go. Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. If God is not the God of this world, who is the ruler of this world? Who is the God of this world? The answer to this question explains why the world is in the condition that it's in. You may say the Gentiles rule the world, or the white man you rules the world. You may say that, but who gave him his seat, his power, and authority? Mm. Who's the God of this world, messenger? Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth condemning ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, Mm. in whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe it not. So, Satan, the God of this world, has blinded your mind when you can't understand when we come to you and we say, well, hey, don't worry about what people are saying about you. Don't worry about what people are thinking about you. You don't have to respond to things that you see and that you hear that people say. Mm. You can't understand it because Satan has blinded you. And all you can think about is, I'm hurt, I'm upset, I'm angry, I'm mad. No, those are the exact same things, brothers and sisters, that Satan wants to use and pull out of you so that now you're sinning from your mouth, from your social media page, from your actions, all because you allowed anger to rule over you. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the fourth chapter. Three more places left. Although Satan is the god of this world, he is only as powerful as you allow him to be. Jesus, our greatest example, shows us how to defeat Satan. Can a man defeat God? Can a man defeat God, brothers and sisters? Watch how... Jesus deals with the God of this world, and you can defeat the God of this world too, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Matthew, the fourth chapter, verse 1. Matthew, the fourth chapter, verse 1. This is where Jesus was led up to the mount to be tempted. Go ahead, brother messenger. Then was Jesus led up to the spirit and to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was after, afterwards a hunger. He was weak in the flesh. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. How did Jesus deal with these haters mm. on, the, on the job? How did Jesus deal with these haters um, amongst your circle? that call themselves your friends. How did Jesus deal with these haters on social media? What did he say, Brother Messenger? But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Oh, so Jesus wasn't trying to curse nobody out. He wasn't trying to. He gave them scripture, right? Mm-hmm. The devil can't win playing God's game. When you feel compelled to go negative, 
Train yourself to go positive. Let's go ahead and read what the devil did next at verse 5. Then the devil taken him up into the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands there shall bear up thee, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. So I'm keep pushing you. I'm keep pushing against you. I'm keep saying little things to get you out of your body and off of your square. And what are you going to do? You're going to use your social media page. You're going to do whatever it is you need to do to clap back, right? Let's look at how Jesus dealt with the devil. Before, before I read that, I just want people to see something right here. It says, and... And said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. Wait a minute. When Satan says, for it is written, that means he knows what's written in this book. So if he knows what's written in the book and you don't, mm-hmm. that's how he can get you, brothers and sisters. And he's questioning Jesus' Jesus. character. Come on. If you, who you say you are. How many people assassinated your character. Come on. You ain't all that. You 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 trying to make people think you all that. You trying to make people think that you this and you you ain't all that. He ain't no good. She ain't no good. But that's basically what the devil was saying to Jesus. If you the son of God, if you are who you say you are and you are supposed to be then do this. Let's look at what he said. Jesus said unto him, It is written again Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You see, the devil was tempting him. That's what people are doing to you. They're tempting you. And you've got to know how to deal with the temptation. For, um, for, the, for the sake of time, let's go down to verse 11. Um, Satan tried it one more time. Again, he had to flee. Verse 11. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. That's why you got to have friends around you who can minister unto you, brothers and sisters, because we're going to get weak, and we're going to want to say some things and write some things and do some things that we shouldn't do. So you got to have a circle that's willing to tell you that you're wrong and don't care if you get mad or not about it. No, dude, that ain't right. You need to take that post down. No, that's out of your character. We men, we don't do that. We women, we don't do that. That's right. No, uh uh-uh, that ain't right. Let's switch up the game. Take that down, put something up positive. Let's talk about how God has blessed us today. That's what we doing. That's what we we own. That's what we doing. You got to have some people that's going to hold you accountable, brothers and sisters. Two more places left. Let's go to Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Two more places left, and we out of here. Two more places left. Stay on the path, brothers and sisters. The devil can't win playing God's game. Proverbs, the fourth chapter, verses 1 and 2. Hear ye, children, the instructions of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. I'm giving you good doctrine. My doctrine is my law. I want you to read it and do your best within your power to stay in line with it. Can't nobody defeat you if you stay in line with it. It's when you get out of line that people start defeating you. Let's go to verses 5 through 7. Get wisdom. Get understanding. 
forget it not, neither decline from the word of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. So wisdom is the word of God, brothers and sisters. And with that wisdom, get understanding of it. And that's why you talk to people that God will send to you, and you say, hey, you know, what does the word say about this? And what does the word say about that? And, you know, I'm struggling in this area. You know, one of the hardest things for a man to do is admit when he's struggling, is admit when he's weak or he got a weak part or point about himself. We don't want to admit those things. That's one of the toughest things to do. And matter of fact, I'll probably admit it to Brother Messenger before I admit it to my wife. Absolutely. That's just just how men, you know, that's the nature of men. But even with that, we got to get out of that. Hey, baby, I'm struggling right here. I'm struggling in this area. You know, I need some help in this area. You know how glad she would be to see that vulnerability in us? That's something that we all got to work on, and I'm including myself in that. Let's go down to verses 11 through 15. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. So, brothers and sisters, turn not from it. We're talking about the wisdom of the word of God. We're talking about those things that we've been reading all night. We're talking about how love and we're talking about how the spirit of God keeps no record of wrongs. We got to let some things go. We're holding on to it. It's burning us up inside. My greatest enemy is the enemy. 20 through 27, brother. My son, attend to my words. Incline. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and help to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Oh, what? Put far from you? Perverse lips. Perverse lips. That means that the stuff that comes out of your mouth, and today the stuff that we put on social media. Mm. Like I said, nothing justifies what you do but you. No matter what was done, what you're reacting to, it's all on you. And when you're standing in front of that man, When you're standing in front of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, ain't going to be no question about why you did what you did. Ain't going to be no question about who made you do it. The devil made me do it. (laughs) No, you give the devil too much power, brothers and sisters. You you allow the devil to tempt you into doing it. Go ahead. Did we finish that out at uh, 27? Go ahead. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight straight before thee. Ponder thy path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. 
Remove your foot from evil. Last place, we're going to go back to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. We're going to go back to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. How do we defeat that greatest enemy? How do we win the war? How do we survive to live forever? This is our answer. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verses 13 through 18. Go ahead, my brother. Wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. So what is the armor of God? I know you heard that before. Take to thee the whole armor of God, but let's break it down to make you understand what the armor is. Go ahead, Brother Messenger. Stand therefore having your loins gird about with truth. Gird about with truth. Where do you find truth? In the word of God. Go ahead. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness, brothers and sisters, righteousness is the word of God. Go ahead. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace is found in the word of God. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. How do you find what faith is, brothers and sisters? It's hope and belief, and it is found in the Word of God. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The helmet, the sword, it is the Word of God, brothers and sisters. So somebody say, you ain't got to read that, or I don't read, or I don't get into this book, or I don't... You are taking yourself away from what you need to defeat that greatest enemy, hmm. which is the inner me. So, brothers and sisters, let's get into a Bible-based ministry. Not where we just open up the book and we say, well, today's lesson is going to come from um, this and that and the other, and then we read that scripture, then we close the book, and then we start talking about a personal testimony. And we start talking about how good God is and how Jesus saves and all those things. Brothers and sisters, those things may be good for a temporary emotional high, but once you come down off of that, you can't tell me anything that I learned that I was educated on that was between the pages of Genesis and Revelation. You got to open up that book. You got to read it. You got to find out what God wants you to know and what God wants you to do. So keep tuning in to the Bible Show Truth Hour. Keep tuning in to the Israel of God on the Sabbath day, on Saturdays. Keep tuning in to the House of Jacob. Brother Elijah coming to you from Gary, Indiana. Keep tuning in to the Bomb of Gilead on Thursdays. Keep tuning in to the Wake Up Show on Saturday mornings. Keep tuning in to Come Into My Room, I believe, on Wednesday nights. Keep tuning in to the other Bible-based ministries that's going to give you the uncut word of God, brothers and sisters, so that we can learn and be educated on the word of God. See, that spirit is already inside of us. The word educate comes from two Latin words, educo, which means e means exit or out. Any word that begins with e means up or out, explosion, up and out, exit, out, evict, out, elephant, out. Brothers and sisters, duco means to lead. So if e means out and duco means to lead, then you are leading outside of yourself what's already naturally put in yourself. 
And that is the spirit of God, brothers and sisters. Mm. But in order for us to lead it out of ourselves, we got to educate ourselves on the word of God. Last word, Brother Messenger. My last word is this, brothers and sisters. We each have our own issues. We each know what buttons can be pressed to set us off. Mm -hmm. I was told by an old man one day on a bus years ago, he said, never let a man be able to predict you. Because if he know what buttons to press on you, then he can control you. So I'm going to say that to you, brothers and sisters. Don't let yourself be controlled. Mm-hmm. If Satan constantly continues to know which bus buttons to press on you to cause you to lose sight of God, he's going to send those exact people that you don't like, that you don't want to see, that you don't want to be around, guess what? He's going to send them people to you because he know what reaction he's going to get out of you. And as long as he continues to get the negative reaction that it causes, then he can continue to keep you from your purpose. Brothers and sisters, learn this word so that you'll know how to let things go and move forward. And that's my final word. Brothers and sisters, if you're tuned in to YouTube, we want to thank you for watching. We are on live every Tuesday at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. We go live on Facebook under the group page, The Truth Hour Bible Show. So if you're on Facebook, then please go like our page, The Truth Hour Bible Show. If you're on Facebook, please go and subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Truth Hour TV. Again, Truth Hour TV. Begin to share these lessons with people who may not have Facebook. You can't tag them in it. You can't put it in their inbox. But you can take that link off of YouTube and text it to them and so that they can still get to watch this lesson. Um, if you would like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, which means that you'll get a text message right before we go live on air, then text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to 312 312- Seven one nine seven three one zero. Again, text your name. Text your name and the words Truth Hour to three one two seven one nine seven three one zero. And again, brothers and sisters, for those who are members of Team Truth Hour, right now I ask that you put um, Team Truth Hour right inside the. Um, the thread, so that people will know that if they would like to become a member of Team Truth Hour, which which means that you would help us um, in this online ministry, get this word out, share it in your networks, invite people to tune in when we go live, and um, be on our research committee when there are calls for times when we do research on certain lessons. We need you. We need your help. This is your call brothers and sisters, the call that you've been waiting on. I know that you have a physical place that you go and worship on the Sabbath day, but we're giving you an online family and ministry to be a part of now. So everybody that's putting Team Truth Hour out there, if you are interested in becoming a member of Team Truth Hour, then reach out to myself, Brother Messenger, Sister Key Israel, or, or anyone 
who put Team Truth Hour out there and say, hey, I would like to become a member of the team, and I would like to help uh, further this ministry out there. We thank you, brothers and sisters. Yes. With that being said, it is um, 8.30 Central Standard Time. It is time for us to close out. We're going to stand up and face the East and close out with a prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come to say thank you. Thank you, Father. Father God, I thank you personally because that just, that lesson was so powerful, it just filled me up. So I thank you, Father God, just for touching me with this lesson personally, Father. Father God, I pray that your people were edified, but I pray most of all that you were glorified, Father God, and that somebody, Father God, heard your word today, Father God, and that it encouraged them, Father God, to get in Get into a Bible-based ministry, Father God, to invite others, Father God. We just pray that you would watch over us, keep us safe under your mercy and grace as we depart from this place, but not from your presence. Until we meet again, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Father, for your word. Amen, amen. Okay, brothers and sisters, at this time, we thank you for tuning in. Again, continue to share the lesson, start your own watch parties, and again, we...